0: The World According to Gorf. Shalom. Shalom, 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 Shalom. Shalom.
1: The World According to Gorf, this week, coming to you from Tzofim, which is located in Eretz Yisrael, the biblical land of Israel, in Yehudah, the Shomron, in the Judea and Sumeria area. And I am seated with a very unique guest. For those long listeners, and for those new listeners of The World According to Gore, if you know that I do comics at www.jewishcartoon.com. And I'm seated with my favorite artist in all of the land of Israel, Shai Churka. And we are going to be discussing today his life, his work, along with a very special new and emerging artist, Erez Sadok with whom I'm working on a project that we'll talk about later. Erez is one of the top graduates of the Bitzalel Academy, the well-renowned art academy in, the, in Israel, but really the whole Middle East. It's considered the number one in the whole Middle East, right? Shai is going, ah, he's getting glad hands right now. <laughs> uh, and it's true, so really luminaries here, the best and brightest of the newest, and of course the best and brightest of the veterans. Shai? Welcome to the world according to Gorf. Thank you. So, uh, Welcome to my world. Thank you. Thank and you. To my home. Uh, and his home is lovely, by the way. We are seated in what I would describe as kind of a hacienda, kind of a Spanish villa crossed with Middle East feel. It's a, a very open, well-lit room white with lots of windows and you look outside and you see beautiful foliage you see the original olive tree that this entire Hunan neighborhood was built around the settlement was built around and anyway i'll i'll let shy tell us a little bit more about that By way of introduction, Shai has asked if he can speak in a combination of English and Hebrew. So we'll do our best with English, and in those places where it gets difficult, we will have him speak in Hebrew, and we will find a way to translate. Between my meager abilities and uh, Erez's much better abilities, we'll certainly get along just fine. So, with that as introduction, Shai, uh, please tell us, where were you born? And what do you do here in Tzofim? What is your job?
2: I was born in, in Israel, of course. I was raised, raised in Petah Tikva. I came here 23 years ago. And, here to uh, Tzofim, 20 23 years ago. Thing, yes. yes. Me and my wife, we built our house here. And I'm drawing here and <laughs> doing my cartoons and comics and illustrations. When you moved here, why did you decide on Tzofim specifically?
1: And let me explain. Tzofim, when we drove in here, was literally a settlement on top of a hill that seemed like it could be any hill. It could be here, it could be in the north, it could be in the south. It happens that we are uh, right at the M'tah Medina, we're in the center of the country. But uh, why did they decide to build specifically on this hill? Do you know? Because
2: the the land was bought from the Arab neighbors, a group of Jews bought it. It was um, an opportunity to build on it a, a new settlement.
1: And did you come here? You, you told me earlier before we started the interview that when you came here, it was not caravans. It was already some houses built here. But who started this city originally? And I should say, it's a fairly compact city. It's uh, a number of windy roads that are all together in one small circle. And it seems like you can get to know everybody in this city pretty easily.
2: It was like that until a few years ago. The settlement became bigger, so today I don't really know everyone here. But when we got here... To build our house, there were only a few caravans on top of the hill. And we knew a few, a few of the people who lived here. We came here and see the place, find it uh, attractive. And probably and be, less expensive, too. Of course. And, you know, we wanted to, to be very close to nature. There were nowhere else to, to buy a house the money that we could afford. Yes,
1: because for those of you who don't know, uh, cartooning is a very lucrative business. We're all (laughs) very wealthy doing cartooning. Uh, Not all of us are Disney, I'm afraid. But I'm looking out into the courtyard. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. And and
2: we like the the view, and uh, we like the chambron. I like it ever since I was a, a boy, and I used to... Uh, make uh, trips here in the Shomron, mm-hmm. and I always loved it. And I thought, when I was a child, I thought that once I'm going, I'm gonna live here. Mm-hmm. So we did it.
1: And how many? You have a wife and how many children? Four children. Four children. The
2: not, a- not uh, children anymore. <laughs> because, yeah. And boys, like, girls. Three boys. Mm-hmm. The eldest is 27. And uh, the last one is a girl. She's 17. Wow. And we should say, by the way, that Shai looks maybe
1: 27 himself. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out. He must have started procreating when he was, I don't know, eight years old. I guess something like, something that. like that. He got married when he was seven. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how they do it here. But
2: you know, I, I knew my wife when we were born. So
1: there you go. <laughs> Perfect. You were holding. I'm not going to go there. Okay. So I'm looking out into the courtyard and back. And which is the olive tree that you described as being the one that you built the house around? Can I see it from here? Is over there, and the tree is right after it. But it's such a great story, though, that when, when he came here, he saw, correct me if I'm wrong, you saw an olive tree and said, this is the place where I'm going to build. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the house is really quite lovely. Let's talk about your career. Okay you are a cartoonist Mm -hmm. and you're my favorite cartoonist in israel thank you it's an honor thank you no the honor is mine believe me and i'll give more background about how i came to your cartoons later on but let's talk about you did you study art and what influenced you to
2: want to do cartoons or comics? i'm studying all the time but never in a place especially for that, like uh, Bezalel or something like that, no, no. Uh, so I you studied yourself, yourself, self-font? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, totally, yes. What did you and study uh, in school? I learned in Nechalim, mm-hmm. in Yeshivat Tichonit, and after that in uh, Yeshiva there in Kiryat Shmona. And we lived there before we came here to Tzofim. We lived about five years in Kiryat Shmona. This is the last time I was in a school or something like that. During my learning, even in Nechalim, in the Yeshiva Tichonit, I, I published caricatures in a youth magazine. And later on, uh, during my army service, in the last half year, I was a, an illustrator in Bamachane, which is the paper, the magazine of Tzahal. Since I, I left the army, I... Uh, Discharged. I, 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 yes, I just dis- discharged from the army. I started uh, working. During my uh, my learning in the yeshiva, I uh, published a lot of uh, illustrations and cartoons and comics in uh, a few magazines and newspapers.
1: And were they cartoons about dot, about religion, or were they were cartoons
2: about anything? About anything and about re- religion as well, I started uh, doing Baba, which is, in the, in the beginning, it was a comics about the Mishnah, and I started it while I was learning in Kiryat Shmuna. Baba is the character that Shai is probably most well-known for? Yes,
1: I think so. And we'll have links on the website to all of his books. The Baba Hagada, the Baba Mishnah, the Baba Torah. Baba goes to right. I was introduced through a Bacha route to the Baba Hagada, and after I saw the amazing combination of illustration and education and humor and art and drama, it's the whole package. It's wonderful, wonderful work. The Shai Baba series. And after I was introduced to them from one of the women who serves in the army by being a uh, shlicha, by being an emissary to the United States, I called my sister in Israel and I told her, there's this amazing series, Baba, and you have to find me all of the books. I want them all. And it took over the course of a year or two to find them. And we eventually did, and I have my complete collection. And the nicest part is they're in Hebrew that is not dumbed down and yet is easy to understand. So anybody with some amount of Hebrew education should be able to understand the text. But most importantly, the drawings are done in such a clear way that even if you don't understand the language, you're able to follow the story. And the mark of any good story, for example, on television, I think it was Hitchcock perhaps who said it, if you could turn down the sound, Mm-hmm. and just watch the picture in silence and understand what's going on mm-hmm. that it's good storytelling and that is why it's great. Yes. yes. Let's get back to your background then. Okay. How did the rabbinim, the rabbis, react to your spending time doing these drawings?
2: Did they support you? In the yeshiva? In the yeshiva. Yes, they supported me very nicely. And even my Roshi yeshiva, he got a letter from a rabbi from Ashdod, I think, who was... Uh, he wrote to him, one of your students is doing uh, jokes from the, <laughs> from the Midrash and uh, from the Torah, and how can you let him do it? And my Rosh Yeshiva showed me the letter that he... Uh, what he answered to that rabbi, and I can't remember what it was, but he defended me very well. That's very nice because mm-hmm. that wouldn't have happened everywhere. Yes. Some it's people would have said it's. But f- I wouldn't be in a in a yeshiva Legend of history. another kind. Now you've graduated
1: or you've finished up your time in yeshiva. Mm-hmm. What next? So you've been doing some cartoons for the army and for this newspaper and that newspaper. How did you decide this is my career? This is what I'm going to do to earn money.
2: Well, after the yeshiva, I went to work in a, in an animation studio. In Tel Aviv, of uh, Golan Globus Group. Ah, the famous uh, mm-hmm. Yoram... Yoram Globus. And yes. The, the
1: masters of the B-movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we know them well. They're very interesting, colorful characters. Uh, I didn't uh, know they did animation. What movies uh, did they do?
2: It's not... You know, to, to say that they did animation, it's, it's not uh, very... Uh, Meduyak precise, Precise. but they had um, an animation department in the studios, and I worked there. We made... um, Opening Uh, opening segments. Uh, Actually, it's the, the,
1: the title sequence. That's what you mean? So uh, when uh, a show uh, begins...
2: Yes, when the show begins then uh, it, says,
1: it says the name of the show, and who stars uh, it...
2: A, li- a little sequence of animations, sometimes right. uh, it was so uh, a caricature segment. of... Uh, and and uh, commercials, uh, short commercials, and things like that for television, uh, not for uh, cinema. Mm-hmm. About four years I worked uh, there, and... After that I started moving outside from uh, animation and uh, I made uh, puppets for uh, the how of film, you know, it's like the spitting image, but in Hebrew, and uh, I sculptured caricatures of polit- Israeli politicians for the how of film, and uh, I made... What year was that? Hmm? What years were this? I think it's uh, 1994. And how I old are th- you? I'm 48. You're 48, okay. So you look 27, but you're actually 48. I don't know about the. F- I want 40. to start drinking <laughs> the waters of Sophie because clearly <laughs> they
1: have magical properties.
2: I don't think you have anything to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not
1: complaining, I'm just amazed. That's okay. Uh, so this how was 1994.
2: How old are you, by the way? Twenty-seven. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah. So you look like, like right. you're a real age. Right, you're
1: thinking, okay. well, but he looks 48, <laughs> so I don't understand. Kevin shivim shana amin. How's that? That relates to our project
2: errors. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbi. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Rabbi Al-Azhar Ben-Azariah. H'viyanik k'ven shivim shana amin. M'akon. Atat tzadik,
1: atat Sorry guys, that's the joke that we've been doing because Eris Sadov's name. So when you when somebody says you're right in Hebrew, they say Atat sodek, but his last name is Tzadok, so that's that's the joke. And he said, yeah, that's really funny. I haven't heard that since first grade. (laughs) So 1994, you're in animation. Have you learned from people in the animation studio how to improve
2: your drawing? How did it affect your abilities? Uh, No, I learned from them to to touch the computer because I never did it before. The other people in the studio, they were working on uh, 3D animation. During the time I became uh, an art director for them also, but I made only 2D animation two-dimensional animation, and I was the only one there who was was actually drawing, so I improved myself during walking. Who inspired you during those early years? I, I think we should talk about the really early years of mine, because inspiration came especially from Disney at the start. I'm talking about being three years old, something like that. And you remember yeah. back then? Yes, of course. And my parents kept drawing us of mine from that age oh, so really? I, I can remember it. Now let's let's give some context to this. Okay. Israel
1: in the early nineteen seventies had maybe two or three television stations. Only one. Only one. I'm trying to remember back then because I visited in 1976, 77 there, and many times it would take months, if not years, for any culture from outside of Israel to reach Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, movies, for example, or television shows would always be years behind. Of course. Therefore, the influences that you had may have been older influences than what was going on at the same time in America or in Europe. So which Disney movies were the ones that were influencing you?
2: The Jungle Book, first, I think. So that's a mid-period
1: Disney movie. That's from the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. I
2: think so. That's not Cinderella
1: that's from the 40s and the Disney heyday. That's more of the period of the later animators, like uh, uh, the guys who would
2: eventually go to, to Warner Brothers. Like, uh, Maybe. But you know, there the was a show on television, The Wonderful World of, of Walt Disney. Right. It was once a week, and I always i was waiting for that <laughs> every day to wednesday to come and there will be the wonderful world of of uh, disney and sometimes it was uh, animated and sometimes uh, live uh, action mm-hmm. and i wanted always i wanted it to be animated animated yes cartoons and once a year i think we went to the cinema to see a movie of disney aristocats I think I saw it twice in that same year. It was <laughs> it was a party. Manian,
1: were there any people that you knew when you were a child that were artists,
2: that were doing anything close to what you enjoyed doing? No, not at all. My, my mother, she used to, to draw for herself. And, uh, she went to a course of uh, to learn drawing, but not cartoons. Some flowers in a vase things like that. More classical. What were your parents' names? Rivka and Jakob And where were they born? In Israel. In Israel. Gan. yes. And how far back does your family go? My grandparents from both sides came here from Poland in the 30s and 20s. Before the Shoah, before the Shoah, wow. they lost their entire family in the Shoah, but uh, they came here before. In the 20s and 30s. So, what motivated them to come? Why Zionism? Really? Mm-hmm. Were they Tati? Yes, yes. They. Uh, my my grandfather was uh, from came from a Hasidic family, but and he was the only one who was stubborn enough to to come here, because he was a real Zionist. But uh, even though his rabbi didn't give him his blessing for coming to Israel, he kept his kippah on his head here. And uh, I think it's some kind of the beginning of Zion to the What did he do for a living when he came? He walked the bank. Were any of them artistic? your grandparents? No, not at all. So are you unique in your family? No, my brothers are all... my brothers and sister, all of them, I think, all of them have some kind of gisha, uh, attitude, or... aptitude to, to art. And do they work in it or they do other things? Two of my brothers work at it. Work it, at it yes. What are their names? Uh, uh, of all my brothers, yes. My the, the older one is Yaron, and the second one, uh, my sister is Khalid. Udi, and Shlomi. Shlomi is a cartoonist. He's doing comics also. Udi, he's um, Potter, uh, Kadar. Yeah, Potter. A p- a Potter. A Potter. Yes. Like Harry. Potter. And he's doing uh, also art for galleries and museums and, and things like that. Amazing. So there really is something genetic
1: in your family that leads people to be artists. Mm-hmm. Somewhere. It, that and you yes. obviously all like to starve and not be able to <laughs> eat very well, right? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll continue to make that joke. You're listening to The World According to Gorf on jmintheam.org. I'm seated with my favorite artist in all of the land of Israel, Shai Chorka. Uh, thank you. Let's move on to closer to today. Mm-hmm. We're back in the 90s. It's after you've left the animation
2: studio. What do you do next? Uh, I'm doing, uh, you know, it's not after because everything is uh, mixed in and... the... But during my working in the studio, I started uh, doing the puppets for uh, the Hearts of Film and during that I'm uh, illustrating books and um, uh, creating my own comics books and uh, drawing uh, political cartoons for uh, for the newspapers. And are you
1: aware of other people that are doing the same thing? Is there an artist's community or a comics community in the late 1990s that is
2: growing in Israel? Yes, of course. I was in touch with other cartoonists in Israel. Actually, when I left the yeshiva, I I made a phone call for one of them, uh, Michel Kishka. He's one of the greatest comics teachers and creators and uh, illustrators in Israel, and I asked him if... Anyone in Israel can make a living from only drawing. And he said, "No, uh, you have to be a graphicai, gra- graf- graphic designer, graphic designer. And uh, while you are designing, uh, you can also draw. But but nobody will can make a living from, only from drawing illustrations and cartoons. But uh, and then I went to animation." Now, are you earning your living exclusively from being a cartoonist? Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: totally. Take me from the late 1990s to now. What, were, what was the project that you did that really made you, I would not want to say famous, but made your career such that you thought, I can do this. I don't have to do any graphic design or any separate jobs. I can be just a cartoonist. Where was the point? What
2: was the project that you did that made you realize this? There was no one like that. I can't put my finger on one point. But I just believed in it from the beginning. So tell me the projects that you worked on
1: then from the 90s until now. Describe your career. I was on the project of Baba already. You said you had begun that already when you were in Saba
2: and uh, uh, Yeshiva, yes? Mm-hmm. In okay. the, I think. In 89, I started BABA, I mm-hmm. think so. And what other projects? Puppets for television. Mm-hmm. I think they made me much more famous. You're well especially known for... The, sorry, especially... The halt of Film. Yeah.
1: You're well known. When I mentioned to my... Uh, nieces, my sister's daughters who live in Modi'in, that I'm mm-hmm. going to visit you. They were very excited. They said, oh, he's the one who draws the... and they said something fast. The something in the something magazine. Is there a, um, a, a newspaper cartoon or a magazine cartoon for kids that you're well
2: known for? Uh, there was the magazine Otiyot. Baba started being published there, and many other of my series and illustrations. Besides so Baba, is there another series that you worked on? Yes, of course, Yehud uh, Safan, Adam Jamus, Mithishelach, uh, Ma'avir Lakav, maybe this is That's the one. it. That's La-Kav. the one.
1: Okay. okay, so we're going to go back to Baba in a second, but tell me about Ma'avir Lakav.
2: Ma'avir Lakav is talking about a cartoonist. His name is Charter. He lives in Ma'ale uh, Nafzutsim, which is a settlement different from Tzufim because there are only uh, relig- religious people in malen of and in tzofim we have all kinds he's a, he's a cartoonist and the line is a major part of his life because there is the green line and the black line of his uh, his brush and all kind of lines it's built from short gags sometimes talks about politics, sometimes about uh, art, and all. Sometimes about history. And it's published where? At first, in uh, Energy. It's uh, it's an internet atar, uh, website of the newspaper Mahariv. After 50 chapters, uh, they stopped it, and uh, I uh, I continued continued to create it and it was published as a book. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to Baba. Mm -hmm.
1: Tell me who Baba is
2: and how you created him. I sat in the yeshiva in front of the Gemara. I started understanding that the Gemara is uh, showing me a script. In the Gemara there are just people, but people always have uh, different personalities so it became comic in my imagination and I started uh, drawing it, but I, I moved it to the Mishnah because it's simple, not simple, but Metumtzat uh, so the Mishnah is more compact than the Gemara and I started uh, making comics from Mishnah and I I wanted the main character and. In the beginning, I, I thought that because the Mishnah is talking to all men, I should, uh, I should create somebody who will be all men. But I found out that that all men character is very boring, and actually there is no one like that. So I, I decided to take it to a very different direction and make somebody who has a very Kixoony, a radical, radical character. And I wanted him to be a loser, a real loser that will fall down whatever he will do. And then I create Baba with his great nose that will take him down to the ground. Whatever he will do. Yeah, for those who have not gone to the website to see what Baba
1: looks like, he, his most prominent feature is his big bulbous nose.
2: He wears a, a turban. Uh-huh, but the turban is coming from Bavell of his period, of the, the period of the Mishnah. I, I took him to the Bible period. He actually lives in the period of the Mishnah and the the Talmud.
1: When you designed him,
2: Mm -hmm. who were your influences? Who did you want to draw him to look like? Nobody. He was new. I didn't talk about it before, but my main influence when we are talking about comics is Asterix. Mm -hmm. When I was 12, I saw the first time Asterix, and he captured me Totally, and uh, I think for a month you could find my face only in the, in, in Asterix book. I'm sure your and teachers uh, love that. <laughs> Asterix, for those
1: of you who don't know, is a very influential comic series. I'm not even sure when it began. It seems like it's been around forever. In the 50s. Yeah. Somewhere. It's from France.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uderzo and Goscinny, René Goscinny and Albert Uderzo. Goscinny was uh, was a Jewish-French-Polish, uh, maybe Ukraine, from Ukraine, but during the war he was in, in France already and went to United States and came back after the war to, to France and he wrote uh, Little Nicolas and uh, Lucky Luke and Asterix and uh, Albert Houdersault uh draw it, and he's still, he's still with us, he's alive, very old, but still drawing. And those large size
1: graphic novel albums were extremely popular and influential in Europe, and I imagine that the comics that you received here in Israel, certainly in the 70s,
2: would have come from Europe rather than the United States. No, the first comics I saw was uh, Tarzan and Tex and uh, things like that, westerns and... The Gold Key type uh, comics. (laughs) (laughs) The name Uh, of a publishing uh, company. Okay. okay. I think uh, Italians draw them. But I didn't like it. I thought I don't like comics when I saw these. Hmm. Uh, Only after I saw Asterix, I understood that this is what I'm going to do. And what about it? Uh, the combination of caricaturistic uh, design, uh, dealing with history, I think that it, that's it. And the humor. And humor, of course. But humor is coming with that cartoonistic design. Well,
1: sometimes. There are two different types of humorous cartoons, well, there are many mm-hmm. times, but two basic types of humorous cartoons. One is a humor that is organic to the drama and the other kind is punchlines and gags. Mm -hmm. It's one, two, three, four panels, leading up to a ha-ha moment. Mm -hmm. You know, the simple example is, this is how many of us are introduced to comics in Israel from bazooka gum, Uh right? The bazooka bubble gum, because it has a little comic inside It has the Bazooka Mm -hmm. Joe written in Hebrew, it's a very sloppy script, and it's a little hard to read, and the jokes aren't terribly funny. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, it's so cool when you're a kid to receive a, 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 a little stick of uh, mastique, right? And you open it up, and inside is the comic, just like you would see mm-hmm. in Bazooka Bubblegum in the United States, only, number one, it's kosher, and number two, you've got a Hebrew cartoon in there, which yes. is pretty neat.
2: I wasn't impressed very much from Bazooka. No, no, I, I, I imagine not. But, and, but, it, yeah. but, you know, somewhere between Disney and uh, Asterix, what caught me was the political cartoons of Ze'ev and Dosh, two famous, very important uh, political cartoonists. Yes. So what was Ze'ev's name, full name? Yaakov uh, Farkas. He died, um, I think, about 15 years ago. And where was he published? In Haaretz
1: and Ma'ariv. So he was an Israeli political cartoonist. Mm-hmm. This is an area I know nothing about. So I'm very curious. Tell me then about more of the cartoonists in the
2: newspapers and what have you that were influential in the 70s and the 80s. It's in the 70s, I started looking at these cartoons and I understood that in the same way that Disney is telling me all kinds of stories, These people can talk about very uh, important things in our life, like wars, peace, economic things, and things like that. And they are doing it with this line that I like so much. So the combination of ideas and expression through line
1: drawing Mm -hmm. was what attracted you.
2: And being meaningful.
1: So you don't want to do jokes that are just empty jokes. Mm-hmm. You want to do jokes or gags or situations that have some purpose. Yes, that's right. I share that with you. Thank you. I think that's very laudable. It's it's very um, uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it doesn't matter. It, it's you a good it's in it's Hebrew. I know, I know. It. I was trying to find. It. <laughs> I was trying to find the Hebrew word, and I can't find it right now. You're listening to The World According to Gorf on the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm seated with my favorite artist in all of the land of Israel, Shai Churka. So do me a favor then, give me the history of comics in Israel. When I tell you the history of comics in America, I can begin with the Yellow Kid in the late 1800s, leading up to the newspaper sections in the 20s and 30s, leading up to the comic books that began with National Periodical and Superman, leading up to the Great Silver, that's the Golden Age, leading up to the Silver Age of uh, the Marvel Age, leading up to the Bronze Age and the Modern Age, and then the splintering of independent comics. And that, in a nutshell, is the timeline for Comics in America. Mm-hmm. What is the timeline here in Israel from
2: before the founding of the state to now? Well, I think it starts with Leah Goldberg, which is a very famous uh, poet. She started making stories with the chabuzim. Oh, it's like chocolate, you know, it's, it's carob.
1: I'm (laughs) kidding. Sorry. Yeah, (laughs) Haruzin. Is that the same
2: word, just with a little bit of change? Like, is Haruz and it matches with Tapuz? Rhymes. Rhymes. Rhymes, okay. Short stories with rhymes and uh, Aryan Avon, which was, he was a, a cartoonist, very famous one in Israel in those days, I think it's in the 30s, something like that. He put his drawings on it, and this is actually the first Israeli comics. And remember, back then, comics were used to great
1: damage for the Jewish people. The way that the Germans and the Nazi propaganda used yes. comics, the way European anti-Semitism used more,
2: comics. Caricature more than comics. How do you but mean? Caricature me. is more than comics. What do you mean? Well, From what I know from the... From the cartoons of uh, of German Der um, Stürmer or things like that, it, it wasn't a, a story. It was one a, panel, one one panel caricature, and semi caricature. I see. Right. So the
1: w- the way that I define this is my own definition. You can you can differ. I define a cartoon as being one panel, mm. and comics as being multiple panels. That's okay. the way I differentiate. Although. And and it's especially helpful because now what we used to call cartoons is what we now call animation, right? Uh So there's cartoon, single panel, comics, multi-panel, and animation, which is moving individual drawings at 24 frames per second or what have you. Uh Those are the differences. So the caricaturists that were anti-Semitic were cartoons, individual panels, Uh what you're talking about are Israeli artists who were actually doing comics already, multi-panel comics. Yes, that's right. And what did they write about? What did they draw about?
2: About a little Israeli kid, uh, the Tzabar, Sabre, Mm -hmm. the camel in uh, the desert and things like that. Is that work still available now? Can you read that work anywhere? Uh, I can show it to you in the the museum catalog, yes. That's very interesting, because I'm sure it's a reflection of its time. You know, uh, there is a new documentary movie about uh, Israeli comics, and uh, you can see it on the Internet. It calls Gibor Ha'ala Ha'ivri, the Hebrew Superhero. So now we've talked about the 1930s and the
1: 1940s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who were the famous cartoonists in the 1950s through the 1970s? Uh, Aside from Disney, obviously, I but think there is
2: only, I think there is only one, uh, Giora Rotman. I think he's the only one in that, in these years who made comics in Israel.
0: Ah, we have uh, Michael Netzer, too.
2: But it's, the,
1: it's the much 90s. later in the nineties. Yes. Yes. Michael Netzer and I worked together actually for a number of years. He was a, yes, he was a, a very good draftsman and he drew some Batman comics. Yeah. He became Chaser I think. Yes. Right. And and he, he, Nofra. Right. He had like seventeen thousand yeah. kids and or the something. Same
2: caravan with Uri Orbach.
1: Really? Yeah. Yes. I even wrote a story overnight, a Catwoman story for Mikhail to draw, because he needed to earn a living very fast to feed his kids. So my boss, my editor, Denny O'Neill, said to me, we need something fast, can you write something so that we can have him draw it immediately and he can earn some money. So it was half Chesed Project and half me learning how to write comics on the job. So we've talked about the history of comics, we've Mm -hmm. talked a little bit about your career, tell me about what you would still like to do and tell me about how you view the new generation of comics artists that's
2: a hard question i would like to have all the time for doing what pops in my head and i think uh, the new generation there are some like it is among a few others that are doing a very good job And uh, I think we have uh, a real good future here in comics. What are the most popular comics right now, the ones that you admire by other people? The one I really like most today is uh, Christophe Blanc. He wrote it blind. He's a French guy. He's drawing and... Most of the time, he's also writing his own comics, like uh, Goose, Isaac Pirate. And I think his, I like most his work today. What about Israeli artists? Israeli artists? I don't know. I, I don't want to talk about only one. Because <laughs> I understand.
1: I understand. So I'll ask Eris later on. Okay. That's fine. Can we look at some of your artwork? Of
2: course. Comments, questions, or you just want to fetch? Go to facebook.com slash
1: gorf This is The World According to Gorf, and we are in Sofim, and we are looking at amazing comics art, a survey of the Israeli comics scene, and, of course, the life and work of Shai, who is now guiding us into a room that's off the kitchen, And contains an easel and lots of amazing original work on the walls. And, of course, many, many books, graphic novel books. And as I turn and face in the other direction, I'm seeing his work table, which, of course, contains many pens and a laptop and, of course, many, many more books. Mm -hmm. So describe some of the artwork that we're looking at on the walls.
2: Uh, Most of them are French, I think. This is uh, of Harbi. Uh, Pierre Tombal. This is of uh, Gaston Lagaffe. It's of Francken. Uderzo. Asterix. This is of um, Ralph Steadman. It's uh, Horatio Nelson. Very very famous artist Ruff. and comics. See, this one is from Meher uh, Lakam.
1: And even though that's not Baba, he still has a big nose.
2: Yes, uh, big nose or I like it. I think it's beautiful
1: <laughs> and very Jewish. Mm-hmm. And what do we have behind us here? Looks like we have some Baba originals. Uh-huh, it's from the Haggadah, which is how I got to know you in the first place. And these are it, you did you print from painted no, no, versions? It, it's the
2: original. It's...
1: Is this how you publish it because usually in comics you take the black and white, and then you color them using a separate process. In the old days, you used uh, dyes, and in the new times, you Maybe used
2: the computer. Straight to the to the paper with uh, coloring and inking and everything. You see this? This is from Parashat Baba. We're looking
1: at some of the originals. I wish everybody could see what I'm seeing right now. They are just gorgeous. And you're using a two-ply Bristol, a, a pretty much smooth two-ply Bristol board. Actually, it might even just be one-ply Bristol board. And you're using pen and ink, and mm-hmm. you're coloring with Dr. Martin dyes. What are you using for the color? Need... Yes. These yeah, Shai just opened up a drawer that contains lots of little vials of dyes and paintbrushes and uh, lots of wooden utensils. This is taking me back to my beginnings at DC Comics. This is how we used to do it then. And we reproduce the artwork straight from these originals.
2: Mm-hmm. Scanning them, and that's all. It's but gorgeous. Today, today, the way I work is I'm, I'm drawing it to show you. The originals of, uh, of Agnon. The whole book is here, one page after the. I scanned it and colored it on, uh, on the computer. Now, the Agnon book, which is. It, what's the official title of the book? In English, it's From Food to a Friend and Other Stories. And it's an adaptation of the stories
1: of Shai Agnon, who is one of the most well-renowned and famous authors in all of Israeli literature. And what's fascinating is Shai has just opened up a book. Oh, I see. Shai has opened up what any art student has. It's just a hardcover book filled with blank pages. And he literally drew a graphic novel inside of this book. Can you describe your process over here? You have some red underdrawing and then you have the ink work on top of it. So when you draw, how do you draw? Do you draw from memory? Do you draw with reference? Do you sketch it separately and then put it into the book? Please describe how you draw.
2: Mostly from imagination. Sometimes I use uh, references. I start with the red pencil and after that, In that particular work, I used a regular pen, a black regular pen. I scan it afterwards. And
1: And that's the published book that I'm holding side by side. I don't want to damage this. Side by side with the self-drawn graphic novel. And I'm looking at the published work on beautiful, high-quality, glossy paper, which is colored. And you said that you colored it on the computer? Mm
2: Mm-hmm. With Photoshop, yes.
1: And when you scan the original artwork, I assume the red disappears, the underdrawing disappears.
2: I I make it disappear, yes.
1: Right, use the filters and so forth in the same way that uh, that I do.
2: Instead of uh, erasing it with eraser.
1: Right. And also, I don't know about you, but I think it's lovely to look at the ink on top of the underdrawing. It gives it a very special feel. I
2: like it, too. Uh, Yes. And uh, I'll find you... uh, here you can see the searching, so, uh, the searching, searching yes, in the searching.
1: Like lechapes, to, to seek. Uh, yes. We even have onomatopoeia in the sound effects in Hebrew. In Mad Magazine, when somebody steps in, um, um, in dog poo, the sound effect is glitch. 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 What is the sound effect in Hebrew for standing in dog poo?
2: We don't have dog poo in Israel. Right <laughs> uh, sorry, um, ca- camel poo. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, it's like drowning, I think. In <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a gugugugugugu no. sound, <laughs> something like that. Okay.
1: Uh, oh, turn back to that page that was very heavily inked. Uh. So we're looking at four panels of a boy entering a cave and then coming to the end of uh, a cliff and falling over the side of the cliff, or actually being pulled over the side of the cliff by his goat, whom he's holding on a leash. And what's striking is daylight into nighttime, that you use a very open style for the daylight scene when he's entering into the cave. Mm -hmm. And you can see that the line work gets heavier as he walks into the cave. And this is one of the few times when I see you using a dry brush effect, uh-huh. Uh, as opposed to building the line with strokes, why
2: did you decide to use the change in style over here? Because I wanted the darkness to be very uh, dominating here. Do you always use pen? Do you prefer pen over brush? No, I use uh, a lot. Uh, I use brush in a lot of my drawings. Well, Baba, I, mean, I can I mean, see that because
1: the line no, weights are differentiated. No,
2: Baba, in the, in the early Babas, it's that kind of pen, you... It's a crow
1: pen. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And... Uh, which is,
1: for those of you who don't know, it's like um, a, a calligrapher's pen.
2: And this is the brush I use for many of my uh, works. It's a disposable brush pen, which mm-hmm. has uh, a nib like what
1: you would have in a brush, except you don't have to keep dipping it into ink.
2: So you show you. Ma- is grown all with that brush. It's gorgeous. Also right.
1: For those of you who have not seen it, you must go get... the What's the uh, the Torah Baba book called?
2: Um, you mean Parashat Baba? Parashat Baba. Nagid or... Shebaba Oh,
1: I don't know the Tanakh one.
2: I also have here uh, David and Goliath, but it's very different from what you did.
1: This is the humorous version. Mm-hmm. And Goyat is nearly as big as Baba's nose, (laughs) almost. So you have to open up the Parshat Baba, because I have to look at that. There's a a fantastic spread. There it is. Uh, There's a fantastic spread that you must, my listeners, see, where he has done one drawing in pencil for many of the Parshiot, and just from that one drawing, it encapsulates so perfectly and with such drama and humor and experience and, and education what that Parsha is about. Just with one drawing, and it's unique. You must, must see it. I still think it should be a poster in color that's given out to everybody. It's a must.
2: Thank you for the idea and
1: So, the
0: compliments.
1: My pleasure. So this is a true honor. Thank you very much for all your time. I know we got here a little late and you have to get back to work. It's okay. Thank you. It's our pleasure. So, uh, signing off from Eretz Yisrael and Sofim, Shai, you should be up with everything that you do. Thank you. You too. Thank you. You're listening to The World According to Gorf on jmintheam.org. Much gratitude to Israeli comics storyteller Shai Cherka for welcoming me into his home and sharing so much about his life and work. For more information about Shai and some of the topics we talked about, go to The World According to Gorf Facebook page, where I've posted links, including to his seminal creation, Baba, and to a Tablet Magazine article about the history of Israeli comics documentary released not too long ago. And by the way, although I didn't include it in the interview, I had the amazing honor and pleasure of having Shai Churka draw me my very own portrait of Baba, big nose and all, which I will treasure forever. I also want to extend Hakarata Tov to artist Erez Tzadok, who arranged the visit and schlepped from Tel Aviv to pick me up in Modi'in, drive me to Tzothim, which is much closer to Tel Aviv than Modiin, and then back to Modiin, and then, of course, he had to take himself back home to Tel Aviv, a long day of driving. And I should mention, it was easily over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. The mercury was topping out at the top of the thermometer. It was a hot, hot day. As Shai mentioned in our talk, Erez is the vanguard of the next generation of Israeli comics artists. During my drive with Erez, we discussed what it's like for him to work in the comics industry in Israel today. To get an additional perspective, we made a pit stop at Diesel Golf Center in Tel Aviv, where we stopped into an Israeli comics shop and talked with the owners. That's right, Israeli Comics Store, featuring lots of comics in Hebrew, English, and lots of other languages. It's really cool. Alas, we're too short on time in today's show to feature all of those conversations. I'll share them next time, closer to Pesach, on our next episode. So make sure to tune in then because I'll also be previewing an epic project on which Erez, Sadok and I are collaborating. Listen up, it's the very first and only Passover Haggadah graphic novel. You heard right, the Pesach Haggadah graphic novel. What does that mean? Well, tune in because you'll hear more about the project and also how to get involved on the next episode of The World According to Gorf, only on the Nahum Siegel Network. To play out the rest of our hour together, let me share with you a recording I made on my iPhone during another side trip in Israel to a music festival in Beit Shemesh. There I was introduced to the Israeli singer Itzik Eishel, whom I'd not known previously, but. Whose energy and talent captivated me immediately and comes through loud and clear, even from a distance, as recorded on my cell phone. Take a listen.
0: (laughs) We are not the only ones <laughs> who are Σα ευχαριστώ
1: Thus, we reach the end of another episode of The World According to Gorf on The Stunt Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. As always, you can follow me on Facebook, The World According to Gorf page. Please give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And visit me on JewishCartoon.com. That's JewishCartoon.com for your weekly dose of Jewish humor. And for the best in Jewish vocal entertainment... Pella Singers That's PellaSingers.com If you have an Asimcha, Bar bat Mitzvah Wedding, you need some vocal Entertainment, please Go to PellaSingers.com And until next time This is Gork wishing you Shalom Shalom
0: Shalom